Welcome to Killer Kush, a podcast where we smoke weed <laughs> and talk about killers, caspers, and cryptids. My name's Nick. My pronouns are they, he. And my name's Claire. My pronouns are she, her. Welcome to... Ep- oh. I'll just kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. I looked directly at Casey's eyes and continued. Casey, introduce yourself. Casey, he, him. Everyone, welcome Casey onto the pod. <laughs> This week is episode 61, and we are going to be covering, drumroll please, Lorena motherfucking Bobbitt, yeah. yeah, I'm very excited, uh, Claire knows the name, but not the story, KC, do you know who Lorena, and if you do, don't, don't say key things, but if you know who Lorena Bobbitt is, I, I have no idea, okay, it's like a very, once you know, you know, and you can like slip on what the story is so easily, but I love that I'm sitting with two like Lorraine and Bobbitt virgins. Can I just, I just want to ask if this is the story just so I can know in my head. Does she end up without limbs? No. Okay. Different story I'm thinking of. She is not the one that misses a limb. Okay. No, I was thinking of, I forget the name of the story of the person that was, had all of her limbs cut off. Every single one of them. Whoa. Tasty. All four. That's scary. Yeah. Maybe I'll Google all limbs cut off person. I could cover that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, stay tuned for a sneak peek of next week's or next episode's episode <coughs> topic. Fuck. That was a really good sentencing. That was so good. Stay uh, tuned for next week's episode episode <laughs> top. There's been a lot of updates on the Chicago serial killer. Yeah. A lot. And we haven't talked about it. And we're gonna. And we're gonna. We're gonna bring it right back. It's in our in our little city. Gotta gotta talk about it. Casey said, no, you don't. But I think we do. Uh Claire, how are you doing this week? What you came back from a trip. Since the last time on the podcast. I did. I went to Costa Rica. Uh, I will not be on another plane for the next <laughs> forever. I think I've developed a new fear, a new phobia. Of planes. <laughs> of airports. Why, Claire? Um, it did take me an extra 12 hours just to get home and an extra 400 plus dollars. Ew, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Claire flew around in the air circling an airport for two fucking hours without going anywhere. For that? Yeah. For that alone? Because, like, they just rebooked it for four hours later. After we got off the plane. After the two hours of circling. And that's why you don't fly Spirit. Spirit don't sponsor us. That was United, so... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Any airline don't sponsor us, honestly. We're not there for... the United bitches. Claire's too scared to get on an airplane anymore anyway, so. But I do have a trip booked in like a month on a plane, so I'm just going to pretend like I don't. Um, It's going to be fine. Yep. It's going to be fine. Yep. This was a one-time thing. How many times have you been on a plane before this and nothing like that has happened? Oh, no. The only other time I left the country, we also had like an eight-hour delay in the airport. I'm so sorry. Maybe it follows you. I mean, we do know 
my track record isn't great. Yeah. <laughs> like just about anything <laughs> at all. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? Fuck that. Fuck the airlines. I don't need to continue <laughs> commiserating yeah. on it because it was a really great trip. It was a great trip. Yeah. It was not a fun Overall, great trip, bad getting back. Yeah. Yeah. Like even like get, getting there was like a small hiccup, but did not, it didn't ruin a thing. Yeah. Fully vegetated. Yeah. I was called, <laughs> I was barnacling for about a week <laughs> where I just latch onto Jacob's back in the water and just like disassociate from like <laughs> just floating in the ocean attached <laughs> to his back. You'd be like, it's time for barnacle and then I would just like come up and like <laughs> latch on. Float. Yeah. Oh that's so I just see Jacob splashing in the water. <laughs> <laughs> it was like time me, time me. Time me. <laughs> see how long I can hold this handstand. <laughs> That's so funny. We were like pool. We were by like probably like one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. And we spent 99% of the trip by pool in the pool, I should say. Yeah. With children. I get that though. Like the pool's nice. It's not like crashing into you. You don't have like a sense of death looming over you. Oh yeah. There was a lot of crabs at the beach and that alone. I hate crabs. They scare me. They were beautiful crabs. They were like the most colorful rainbow crabs. I said they were beautiful oh. crabs. <laughs> they were the gayest crabs I've ever seen. <laughs> Stunning. Stunting. <laughs> um, how's your week been? Good. The podcast doesn't know that I got accepted to grad school. The podcast doesn't know quite a bit. Uh, so I'm going back to grad school in the fall for master's in arts management. I'm going to learn how to run little theater and dance and museums and I'm going to learn how to run artistic things and I'm very excited and it's a lot of producing practicums and I'm great at producing stuff. And managing things. Yeah, we'll be great. I'm very much looking forward to it. I registered for classes today. Uh, pissing myself, actually. Pissing and shitting myself over it. Period. Yeah. Just in anticipation. Yeah. I mean, definitely when it's the second time around, it doesn't, it feels less forced, like. Feels less like this is an expectation and more like this is for me. Right, right. Even though I did get a major in dance, so it was for me. It wasn't, but it still was like. I don't know. This grad school feels like it's very purposeful. It's not like an ex expectation. Well, I think it's good to like be in the world for a while, and then like I think you rediscover the value of learning when you've gotten a break from it. Yeah. Because yeah. like when you go to college straight after high school, that's just like no break. Yeah, you're just in it. Yeah. Continuously. So now that you've had a break, you can go back with like a clear mind yeah. and a better attitude. I'm very much looking forward to it. You're gonna slay. KC, what's new with you? Um, started my new job and I'm doing absolutely nothing but everything. Like I'm being the best trainee, but I'm not doing anything more than that. And it's Good. like, it's amazing. Good. It's it's such a relief. I I actually kind of love not people managing. Um, mm. 
hashtag individual contributor role. Um, yeah. It do be slain uh, because I don't have to like respond to pings while I'm on lunch or anything, you know? It's less ex- less like, expectations, girl. I'm not always on because like your team texts you outside of work hours, you know? Like mm-hmm. they're people. So yeah. like Do they? I mean so it's like <laughs> Do they? Maybe not my team. It's like the um I'm gonna be out of work, you know? Like that happens outside of hours. Like they're yeah. gonna tell you before. Yeah. Okay. They're not feeling well the night before they're gonna message you. We also had a late shift, and I was technically basically always on call for the company. Um, like, if I got a DM, I need to evaluate whether or not I need to respond to it in that moment. Because I'm like... That's just as bad as responding, is putting in the thought to how you would respond. Yeah. Or, like, oh what God. you need to do. And half the time, I'm fucking stoned. So, like... <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, like... I'm, like, <laughs> irresponsible. I'm, like, it's 6 p.m. Why are you messaging me right now? I'm three bong rips deep, okay? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm... You're making me go back to my computer and think for 15? Like, it's not gonna yeah. be good. Boo. Yeah. No. Uh, I think since the last time you were on, you also got Piper. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the puppy. The baby. Casey got a puppy. A She's beautiful precious. young... Yeah. Young Blue lady. Blue tick hound, yeah. We're yes. skipping the... <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, uh, but she's <laughs> the most loving little thing, little alligator on this side of the Mississippi. She do be a little chompy. <laughs> a little death roll, little doesn't know her body yet. Absolutely not. Um, she's, she's cute, cute about, about it. it. Yeah. Uh, she's getting really weird on the street with like trying to sneak around me to approach people. And I'm like, nobody wants to touch you <laughs> because you look crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm like, I'm controlling you right now. And I have complete control over my dog when I'm walking down the street. But yeah. like, good Lord, does she just like crouch and like, she'll spot a dog down the street and it'll be full stop in alert. Okay. Like pause straight out Aww. in front of her. Like she's not, she's not nice. walking forward. She's going <laughs> to fall forward before she walks forward. <laughs> That's funny. Menace. She's so cute, though, and she's also what six months old and like fifty pounds now. Yeah, and she's. uh, I think she's broken forty. She's hefty. It's six p.m. Take your pills. Pills o'clock. Casey's pills o'clock. All right. Well, let's jump over to the session and come back and talk about learning to bop it. Yeah. We're gonna get higher. (laughs) Weed. And we're back. Hi there. Hi. So this week, we are talking about Lorena Bobbitt. Are you ready? Lorena Bobbitt. Twist it. (laughs) Smack it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Cut its dick off. In the early hours of June 23rd, 1993, a 24-year-old woman named Lorena Bobbitt picked up a kitchen knife, walked into the bedroom where her husband, John Bobbitt, was sleeping, and cut off his penis. Cunt. <laughs> a very cunt moment <laughs> of Lorena Bobbitt. Um, so that's where we're starting. Then Lorena took the severed appendage and fled the couple's home in Manassas, <laughs> Virginia. I don't know how to say that properly, but if it's really Manassas, <laughs> Manassas. <laughs> By the next day, the news of what Lorena had done to John began to spread first among the police officers who searched for his penis in a field 
then by the surgeons who reattached the member to his body, and then by a nationwide media that reported on the shocking story. Men across the country went in sympathy, late-night comedians made endless jokes, and the ensuing criminal trial that captivated the nation. Lorena was cast as a hot-tempered Latinx woman who was enraged by her failing marriage and her husband's inability to sexually satisfy her. The truth, however, was much more complex. Dun, dun, dun! So here we are. Lorena, 1993, our age, married to this man, cutting off his penis. We're sitting here with ourselves asking why. Why did she cut off his penis? I wasn't picturing her outrage. Her outrage? Her our age. Oh, yeah. She's our age. Wow. How old is he? John Bobbitt was 26 years old. Oh. So just a little older, two years older. That's not out of the out of the norm. I'm like picturing like I don't know why, just like a in their forties. Yeah, like, yeah, like you really just never make me come, Richard. <laughs> You're just the worst. Like, like yeah. that's what I was picturing. Yeah, no, it was young and hot and heavy. Okay, but. Lorena's Bobbitt's story is less about her husband's penis and more about the toxicity of her marriage and the abuse that she allegedly suffered and the shards of her American dream. Born in 1969 in Bouquet, Ecuador, Lorena Gallo, Lorena Gallo, there's a N-E-E with a little thing, Ne-Gallo? Ne-Gallo? You're asking the wrong crowd. Nia. Copy, paste that into Google and hit the button to make it... That's too much work. Um. Anyway, her last name was something Gallo. Born in 1969 in Bouquet, Ecuador, Luena Gallo grew up in Caracas, Venezuela, where she enjoyed a normal and happy childhood as the eldest of three children. So she was born in Ecuador, but grew up in Venezuela. And where's... <laughs> Venezuela, Venezuela. <laughs> That's a good word. That's so hard to say. Uh, anyway, when she was 15, her life changed after her parents gifted her a trip to the United States for a quinceanera. She said, I feel like, oh, wow, this is like another planet, another place. Lorena told Vanity Fair. I said to myself, oh my God, this is the place I want to be. She said, hey, USA, it's a me. (laughs) At first, Lorena's entire family tried to emigrate to the U.S. When that proved impossible, Lorena went alone, getting a student visa in 1987. Along the way, she took English classes, worked as a manicurist, and made friends. Cute. Then in 1988, Lorena met John Bobbitt. At a club for enlisted men near Quantico Marine Base in Stafford, Virginia, John and Lorena Bobbitt locked eyes for the first time. Both later admitted that their initial attraction was powerful. John spotted Lorena across the room and, to her delight, asked her to dance. So kind of a cute little classic love story. She said, I thought John was very handsome, Lorena recalled in the interview with Vanity Fair. Blue eyes, a man in a uniform, you know? He was almost like a symbol, a marine fighting for the country. 
I believed in this beautiful country. I was swept off my feet. I wanted my American dream. Lorena and John soon married on June 18, 1989, but Lorena's American dream quickly became a nightmare. When they had sex for the first time, Lorena felt that John was rough. He made decisions without consulting Lorena. And shortly after they wed, John allegedly started hitting her. According to biography, Lorena said later said that John frequently beat her, raped her, and even forced her to get an abortion when she got pregnant. He also bullied her while she was waiting to have the procedure done. Oh. So they get married and it's like all these sweet lovey things go right downhill so quickly and John releases like him true self. And this is in the 70s now? This is in the 80s. 80s? Early, so like, late 80s, early 90s. So like divorces, like allowed obviously, it's just not... Yeah, I feel like to, in today's gone, age, we're like, oh, divorce, honey. But back then, it was still yeah. like divorce. They're yeah, divorced. yeah, it was a little more serious. Yeah. But like, even so, this is not the 1800s. I'm like, I'm not forced to stay with you because my father like sold me for a horse. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, you gotta wait a little longer after your marriage start being abusive. Goddamn. Yeah, and also it's like it's <laughs> just a little longer. <laughs> well, it's coming. I'm Don't worry saying, about like, that. It's coming. Like, I haven't even been with you long enough to care that much about you. That's the thing. But still, to, like, the, those relationships, it's like if you leave, is the abuse going to continue and get even worse? Like, are they going to fucking kill you because you just left them? Like, What's worse than a forced abortion? <laughs> I mean, like... Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sometimes almost as bad as... situation, you just can't leave. Not being able to have one. You're so, really meanwhile... So meanwhile, John bounced from job to job, creating financial stress while Lorena says led her to embezzle $7,200 from her employer, nail salon owner, Jana Basuti. She was the meal ticket and the punching bag, her lawyer told Vanity Fair. Basuti agreed, telling ABC News in 1993 that Lorena was going to do anything to try to make her marriage work. So Lorena, like, even though all these horrible things are happening, she's like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I'm stressing out at work. I'm literally stealing from my work to make us get by. But, like, I want to make this happen. And that's just, like, a classic thing in abuse cases where it, you feel like it's part of your job to make it better and that it can get better. And it's just sad to see the cycle happen, especially when somebody's young and manipulative, you know? Like, John knew what he was doing and she's young. Yeah, and abusers usually make their victims feel like <clears throat> it's their fault. Yeah, exactly. For the fighting or the Exactly. Issues, so. As time went on, the couple's relationship remained volatile. They split in October 1991, only to reunite just a year later. And less than a year after that, Lorena Bobbitt would become a household name when she cut off John's penis. So what exactly happened on June 23rd, 1993? As Lorena Bobbitt tells it, in the early morning of June 23rd, unfolded much like others in her marriage. She and John had recently agreed to separate again, but were still living together. And when John came home after a night of drinking, he barged into their room and brutally raped Lorena. The next thing I remember, he was on top of me. Lorena, who weighed just a mere 95 pounds, told Vanity Fair. I said, no, get off of me. I don't want to have sex. And he wouldn't get off of me. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't scream. I couldn't even move. Afterward, Lorena said that she went to their kitchen to get a glass of water and something seemed to snap inside of her. I was thinking many things, she recalled. 
I was thinking the first time he hit me. I was thinking when he raped me. I was thinking so many things just really quick. I don't know. I just wanted him to disappear. I just wanted him to leave me alone. To leave my life alone. I don't want to see him anymore. A kitchen knife on the counter caught her eye. She then picked it up, went to the bedroom, and cut off her sleeping husband's penis. I'm curious... This is awful. I'm curious as to, like... Did, like, how much effort it would take to do the cutting. I like, love that question. I There's a picture of the knife, and it didn't look like a serrated blade. Okay. So it had to have been, like, a... Chef's knife, like... More of, like, a choppy... A, a sharp knife that's really just cartilage, and, like, have you ever broken down, like, a chicken? Yeah. Like, it's gonna be cutting through meat like maybe taking off like if you've ever tried to like take off grit have like a weird piece of cartilage that yeah. you like cut through yeah it's gonna be like that but with like a sharp knife and like a fluid motion that's how hmm. that i don't know how sharp a, a little knife in a young couple's household in 1993 would be i'm like the well, knives in my house what years did they get married i could cut down like some wings but three years before that okay so i mean like i feel like it would be a decently sharp knife especially i, if she I wish, we, we, I wish that we could ask her <laughs> hey girly pop. What, what brand what brand i just I'm <laughs> would you the recommend the they were able to reattach it they should have left it off listen listen to the story honey don't get ahead of ourselves <laughs> As John stumbled out of bed terrified and bleeding profusely, Lorena fled in her 1991 Mercury Capri, still clutching her husband's severage appendage. She She told ABC News that she didn't even realize what she was holding at first. I remember I couldn't make a turn because my hand had something on them. So I tried to make the turn, then I saw what I had in my hand, Lorena explained. I looked at it, I screamed, and I threw it out the window. Yep. Yep, you did. (laughs) Yep, that is the correct reaction. (laughs) Meanwhile, John alerted a friend who had been staying with the couple uh, to his condition, and the friend quickly took him to a nearby hospital. Lorena eventually went to the house of her employer, who called the police. Once officers arrived, Lorena told them where they could find John's penis, in a grassy field opposite a 7-Eleven. According to the New York Times, they went quickly, located it, put it on ice, and stored it in a big bite hot dog box. Oh. <laughs> Incredibly, doctors were able to reattach the appendage after a nine and a half hour surgery. And soon after, both John and Lorena Bobbitt became household names as their trials captivated the nation. So it does get reattached. Damn. And I hope it doesn't come. work. Sadly, it does. Oh, fuck. In the aftermath of the incident, both Lorena and John Bobbitt were arrested. Lorena was charged with malicious wounding. John was faced with marital sexual assault. There were no cameras allowed at John's trial due to the charge against him, and he was acquitted in November 1993. In contrast, Lorena Bobbitt's trial was a media circus. So, like, basically, his trial was, like, hush, quiet, in and out. He got acquitted, which means the trial, like, it's gone. But hers was literally like to the wind, like media there, blown out of proportion. CNN provided wall-to-wall coverage, and her case prompted comment from the likes of David Letterman, who included Lorraine in a top ten list, and Howard Stern, who defended John and declared, this is a quote, 
I don't even buy that he was raping her. She's oh. not that great looking. So let's oh, execute Howard fucking Howard Stern. Howard yeah. Stern. Oh. Disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. Horrible. Wow. Just horrible. Many media organizations also clung to a memorable statement that Lorena had made to police shortly after the incident when she said, quote, He always has orgasms, and he doesn't wait for me to have my orgasm. He's selfish. I don't think it's fair, so I pull back the sheets and then I did it. So basically she said that in like the fit of this whole media flurry. And the media grabbed that and was like, Headlines! <laughs> Here's this horrible quote about this person that's just dissatisfied with her sexuality Aww. and cut off her husband's penis I feel about for it. her because, like, that it's, like, valid. That's, like, super valid what she said, but she probably shouldn't have said that yeah. in court. So, Lorena's like, lawyer later like that. said that she was trying to explain the long-term abuse that she had suf- suffered at John's hands. At her trial, multiple witnesses testified that they'd seen bruises on Lorena inflicted by John, and they'd witnessed him abusing her. Here, but her orgasm quote convinced many commenters that she'd attacked her husband out of sexual dissatisfaction. John, for his part, claimed that Lorraine attacked because he was leaving her. This is another quote. If she couldn't have me, no one could. He said in a later interview with Vanity Fair. And there was the green card too. That didn't come off my mind at the time, but it's obvious. You have to be married to an American citizen for five years to get one, and we'd only been married for four. Oh no. And then I literally wrote in the notes, you, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I was like, you literally think that this person that you have been sexually abusing and made them get an abortion and all these horrible things is cut off your penis because they didn't want you to leave them? Like, that doesn't make any sense. They're, they want, like, why would they hurt you when you're the Like, they want to leave. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. It was just, and the whole green card thing, I was like, you're a piece of fucking shit. You're a piece of fucking shit. Yeah. Like, well, of course, like, some white dude would say that. Yeah. In the end, Lorena was not found guilty by reason of temporary insanity in order to spend five weeks at a mental hospital. By 1995, she and John had been officially divorced and went their separate ways and very different paths. But the story doesn't end there. While Lorena goes on to live a happy life with the husband and child while advocating for women suffering domestic abuse, John did something wild. After moving to Las Vegas, he and his infamous penis starred in several porn films with the titles like Uncut and Frankenpenis. Oh. That's not what I was expecting. Yeah. Did porn <laughs> with the cutoff dick. Do you find um, it? I don't have one. I probably could find one, though. I'd love to see. John I'm also rotated sure through multiple girlfriends, some of whom later accused him of domestic violence. All the while, he seemed fixated on his ex-wife. According to the New York Times, he continued to write Lorena letters as late as 2019. What the fuck? And that's the story of Lorena Bobbitt. So he was definitely a domestic abuser. Like 100% that, and 10%. That, that behavior. Well, the whole... What was his thought process behind, like, still wanting her back even after she cut your penis off? Like, what... That's just fixation, homie. <laughs> I'm trying to find a picture of this penis right now. 
Find a picture of it cut off. Ooh, uh, even better. Uh, Can I see that? Yeah. I'm gonna vomit. Oh wow. Oh, so it was it was like just a chunk of it. Not the whole thing. That could be the whole thing. Well. I'm imagining he has a tiny dick. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, I guess it could be. Little Also fully soft. Micropene. She said, I, I could barely even find it. It's so small. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but yeah, uh, does that story ring a bell now? Like, does that... Uh, or do you really It rings not... a bell, but I never knew, like, any of the details. Okay. And the details make it. Yeah. Wow. Claire, three-sentence summary. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Lorena Bobbitt should have cut the whole thing and, and kept it and burned it. I was thinking meat grinder. Mm. Meat grinder. Uh, but the summary is Lorena Bobbitt was tragically domestically abused for years and at her wit's end with the abuse Cut her husband's nasty little tiny baby dick off. Yeah. That could be the whole And thing. honestly, yeah, one sentence. I, all I needed was one. That was a good sentence. Pause. Was that not mm. two sentences? And there was an and in there. I think that oh. made it a... So it was a run-on sentence. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about the grammar of the sentences yeah. here. <laughs> I hope we got over that Claire is illiterate. Like, <laughs> we talked about Once this. in a while, I'll go, period. That was one sentence. <laughs> that's what we know that's what we know I'm uh, extra high Casey we might have changed this since the last time you've been on girl boss gatekeep gaslight bimbo go it's definitely been a bimbo summer thus far hell yeah yeah a little bimbo that's kind of just goals honestly mm-hmm. like himbo's the dream bimbo's the reality yeah. <laughs> Claire. After hearing that, I couldn't agree more. It has been a bimbo summer. Um, I feel like girl boss. I'll, I'll, I'll do a hybrid of girl boss and bimbo. Because I feel like they they go together in a lot of ways. Mm. I feel like it's yeah, hard for me to, to girl boss if I'm not bimboing a little. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I'm feeling major girl boss yeah. right now. I've been yeah. like performance, performance, grad school, scheduling another performance, doing auditions. I'm like, I'm like getting through it right now. Like, yeah, I'm girl bossing. And you've been doing all of this, like, even with depression. Even with it. <laughs> even with it. Even with it. Or not, or I mean like when you were feeling yeah. depressed, you were still scheduling things and like still able to continue on with my life yeah proud of you thank you practice makes perfect well you know where to find us we're on social media at you can also click the link in whatever you're listening to and follow us on patreon or buy some merch from us we love you we'll see you bye Ha <laughs> <laughs>